Yeah. <laughs> you got less and less excited each time we 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 started the pre-show and then had to stop and restart it. Yeah, it'd be funnier if they heard the first two. Mm. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we're back. Craft Beer Radio with that, and uh, we're back doing this thing you guys make us do. So I wanted to show you this thing. We talk about the Joey stoppers a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it turns out Joey is not the the name of the stopper. Okay. Because I was in line at a grocery store, mm-hmm. and I saw a egg, um, an egg slicer. Okay. And it had Joey on it. Apparently, there's a whole bunch of stuff labeled Joey from all the same manufacturer. Okay. So these are just their their bottle stoppers, right? So. Actually, Xylus makes a bunch of different things, too. Mm-hmm. They're not exclusively a bottle-stopping company. That's all. That's all. You're like, hey, Joey's branching out. I was, yeah, I was like, oh, wait. Oh, so Joey's not just... Oh. <laughs> all right, so the pre-show beer we're drinking is uh, one of the beers that uh, Maui sent us. This is the Bikini Blonde Lager. Mm-hmm. I don't know, every time I taste this... Actually, I don't taste it as much in this can as I did in all the other cans. But it had a really peanutty flavor. I taste that, It's yeah. not as strong in this can as, as the one I had one a couple weeks ago. I definitely taste that. I kind of enjoy it, though. Mm-hmm. It's neat. I dig it, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely a peanut thing. All right. So, there's no black holes anymore, I guess, huh? Well, we're not sure. Right. Um, a paper recently went through, or at least is, is, it's been published on Archive, which is a preprint, which is a extended version of an already published paper. This extended version gives exact so- solutions to a particular mathematical scenario that shows that, according to the people behind the paper, that a black hole can never form from a collapsing star. It loses too much mass while it's collapsing. Mm-hmm. So it is never massive enough to generate an event horizon. It's a nice way to settle or to solve any kind of information loss paradox, right? Right, right. It solves information and parado- information loss and <clears> firewall <throat> problems by saying, well, there is no event horizon, so you don't have to yeah, worry about it. It just can't happen because... It's it's almost like no, I haven't read the paper, right? But think of it as you know, just the the way nature works, right? It just happens that it loses mass greater than you know it collapses type thing, and and you know if the universe was just a little bit different, there might be a black hole, but there mm-hmm. isn't. You know, I mean, you could you could grossly simplify yeah. it and say that, right? Well, I mean, the, the thing is that any paper like this is always going to be a gross simplification because you know they assume you know certain spherical models with with certain spherical density all the same throughout you know that's obviously not necessarily going to happen but mm-hmm. um you, you you put a model and then the thing that we should, we would do afterwards is really test it because there, there should be then indications of some sort of like I, I think that people say that this would be indicative of something called a Planck star which I don't really fully understand but it's you know, it, it's past a neutron star. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's given up its uh, its neutron um, 
degeneracy pressure, but it still kind of bounds and rebounds as a Planck star. So we should see certain effects and certain releases of energy, a lot of energy when this happens. And right now we don't see anything that looks like that. I see. So is that saying that, you know, an argument against this is since we haven't seen Planck stars, that, I it, don't... that it, it leads saying that there's the, you know, these, these hypermassive things, right. since they're not giving off these Planck star type radiation... If they were black holes, that would answer that question, right? Right. I mean, I, I don't know that all of the ramifications have been worked out. I don't know whether this particular paper is going to get published. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it'll be great seeing it get peer review mm-hmm. and make, seeing if it can stand or not, right? Because it's just such a change, mm-hmm. right? You know, like the two most exciting states of doing science is being confused and being wrong. Right? right. And if, you know, this puts enough credence that, you know, there can't be black holes, it's going to really change a lot of theoretical physics. I don't think that this like that. covers supermassive black holes. Oh, okay. I think this covers black hole generation from stellar collapse. Okay. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, the implication then is, oh, then there is some sort of black hole, but there isn't this smaller type of black hole. But we see the effects of, of <clears> these <throat> things. Mm-hmm. It would explain why we don't see any intermediate-sized black holes, which we don't. We only see stellar-sized ones, or I should say we only see evidence of stellar-sized ones or supermassive ones. Right. Uh, and it's been a challenge for astronomers to try to find a medium-sized, you know, something that's okay. growing you know, right. into a, a supermassive. So it might indicate that these are two different phenomena. It might indicate that there is something similar going on, but neither of them are black holes, or it might be totally wrong and they are, they are both black holes. Right. Stephen Hawking recently came up with it. He said recently there was no black holes, but his explanation was that from outside, from, an, from our perspective outside, it looks like a black hole, but inside the black hole, time is... On such a different thing that it never actually forms. It it basically basically almost forms and then radiates away from the perspective of. I, I can I can hole. I can see that right because if you're outside, there is an event horizon, mm-hmm. but as you move through it, your perspective changes. The horizon changes, right? And there's not necessarily an event horizon. It, at all points, right? Something like that, right? So there, sort of, yeah. I mean, but I mean, uh, and, I mean, and the thing is, uh, again, 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 again I, I am doing this. You know, explain like I'm five type yeah. simplification of this stuff, but it's you know the whole point is you know the single singularity stuff is very confusing. It's you know, well, it doesn't make sense, right? Right. Where if you move through a black hole and there is no singularity from different perspective points, right? You know. We still don't really understand yeah. what happens when you get past, but sure. the the math doesn't make sense once you get past an event horizon. It, 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 it there's a lot of very strange questions. But uh, since you know time and everything is changing so drastically, it's getting so warped. It might be that whole observer perspective thing, mm-hmm. right? That whole, when we're talking about the tachyon gun cannon type thing, right? Where 
Yeah, if you're standing outside the black hole watching someone fall in, yeah, they fall through a vent horizon. They're well, no, they never would. Sure, we talked about that the yeah. whole whole slowdown of of whatnot. But you know, if you're that person, if you are the observer, if you're the observer and falling through, it might it gives you a different frame of reference that can be unreconcilable with the people outside once you get past a certain point, right? But you know, your frame of reference could not have a singularity in it, type thing, right? You know? So. Yeah, it's a it's a fascinating topic that will just continue to get more and more interesting. But right now, uh, the observational evidence is pretty conclusive that there's something with... I mean, it's absolutely as conclusive as I think you could possibly get that there is something with, mass, with massive densities out there that is not producing any sort of radiation that we can see. Well, and there's also the... You know they can get pretty accurate with estimating the mass of an object by its orbit or, 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 orbit, right? And speed mm-hmm. and distance of its orbit around the galactic center, or how I guess about the, you know talking about the galactic center and supermassive black black holes. Yeah, well we can see the, the stars stuff that flying are zooming around. around. Yeah. They can get the mass of the star. They can see how fast it's moving, and then they can calculate the gravity of the thing it's orbiting around, which is and, not radiating anything, and its diameter, right? Or no. Well, well they, its maximum possible diameter is less than the orbit of the planet, right? The orbit of the star. Right. right? But, but so, we're looking at things that are, you know, yeah. tens of light years away that are still... Well, I mean, <clears throat> yes, but I mean, they're able to say that, you know, of all the evidence that we can see, this thing must have supermassive black hole properties, right? Yeah, otherwise, that's what I'm saying. It, otherwise, it, be, it wouldn't fit. There, there must be some enormous mass in the center of, for for example, our galaxy. Sagittarius A must be something of enormous mass that is nonetheless, I think, I think it's 40 stellar masses of black hole or something like that. It's something huge. Um, that is still, though, not radiating anything. Well, it's really hard to see that part of space, too. So, I mean, it is. It's, I mean, I'm not saying it's, you know... Yeah, it's, it's not radiating what you'd expect for how much mass, you know, you can see is there. You know, whether you can see the excited... You know, it's not feeding right now, either, right? This part of right. space is pretty cleaned out, so there's not stuff getting accreted. It's not an active galactic yeah. core. Yeah, so... But, you know, if you look at some of the observations of that part of space, I mean, they're... First couple times I've seen them, I'm like, really? It's our own galaxy. I see these beautiful pictures of these other galaxies. How's it host so hard to see the center of our own galaxy? There's a it, lot of dust and crap in the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. It's still pretty damn far away, and there's a lot of crap in the way compared to looking out the plane, out the you know perpendicular to the plane of the mm-hmm. galaxy. Anything good on TV? I finished BoJack Horseman. Okay, that was pretty good. Right. Um, like new shows, like anything new, new and note, new and noteworthy. Anything Joanna has to say about it? Now, Joanna asked me for a gamer, uh, ref, gamer words. Okay, words that have you know were from games and have sort of leached into culture. Okay, and so first I was like <clears throat> describing to her. Okay, so here are some game words. And I thought about it. Well, you know, some some things that have sort of leaked into broader culture. Zerg Rush, maybe. 
I don't even know if I know you that. Know what a Zer- so a Zerg rush is when you have a lot of little things and you send them all at once to overwhelm somebody. Okay. What about ninja? Like that guy ninja when <laughs> a ninja those those fries or ninja in in, in the right. game world means someone comes and and takes something that uh, you were okay. holding onto or or that you know you, you were in a group and somebody something dropped they took that and then they left the group and ran away okay they're called ninja okay I never heard that one either huh. okay I guess I'm not a gamer uh, I'm, I'm trying to think what examples might be. Uh... Getting fragged, right? I mean, that's fragged, one's crossed over. Sure. Pew pew pew. <laughs> All your base. All that your... one. That one's a little inside still. Yeah. Um... But fragged was an army term, so that's you know. Yeah, but it didn't mean. I mean, in first-person shooters, it just means dying in general, right? It doesn't mean a fragmentation grenade or anything like that. Well, I so... mean, but. It it came from that area, so it, oh, didn't, yeah, but it didn't come it, out of gaming. I would say if someone uses it as you know, you know, the equivalent of getting killed, you know, getting beat up, getting or like you know, you know, getting owned. Well, getting owned. Oh, that was yeah, that was definitely one of the and I owned but, and pwned. Yeah, I mean owned and pwned, but you know, you could you could not that I've specifically heard it this way that I can think of but you could you could see that someone could use fragged as like mm-hmm. in real life right obviously you're not killing someone literally but if you kill them as in like own them have you ever seen someone write kek k-e-k uh, I think I have I'm not sure I know what it means it it came it comes from World of Warcraft okay um, it's if you were an alliance the, there's the alliance and the horde Mm-hmm. And the alliance players, you can say things, and and everyone around you will be able to see it in like a chat bubble. But the alliance players can't read what the horde says in the horde here because it'll all be tra- changed into a sort of language thing. But LOL, if the horde says LOL, it comes out to the alliance as Keck, <laughs> and so it sort of it, it was adapted into uh-huh. like oh Keck. So is it all? Is that stuff always? Done with the same. That's like a rot thirteen or something, isn't it? Okay. No, no, they, they weren't able to find. Oh, there's, there's, no, there's not a cipher. There, okay. there, there are a couple ways people found ways to say things, and then make very dirty, <laughs> you know, very dirty things because you say something that's nonsense in, in your language, but and it comes else, out as motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, right. Or worse, usually racial. <laughs> <laughs> Those would be the macros, <laughs> the ones that uh, you put in nonsense and it gets <laughs> ciphered into <laughs> profanity. Mm-hmm. So no one knows the cipher, I guess. That uh, they use. I mean, people have figured out what individual letters right, do. Right. So people have found out, you know, that you can. Th- like, there are only some, like there are like five or six different letters that will turn into an E. Mm-hmm. Right. So. It's not like there's a direct translation. Yeah. People I mean, have tried in lots of ways, but right. That's fu- that, that. I don't know. That's kind of a fun thing. Like you know, my next question. I don't expect you to know the answer, right? But just go with my thought process. Is you said you know five or six letters become an E? Is is it a reduced alphabet, right? Or is all twenty six? I bet it is. Letters, I bet yeah. it. I I think it probably <clears throat> is. And, and there's sort of. I don't know whether a linguist actually stepped down and did this, but you know, there's a certain range of sounds that. Mm-hmm. 
that the horde has under a certain range of sounds that the alliance has. Like the the LOL for that horde sees when alliance has it is B U R. So clearly, that's not a one to one relationship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there could be special translations or mm-hmm. common words. Be curious if like they ever like change the cipher, so like it, it's no longer Keck, you know that kind of thing. Uh, they wouldn't change something as iconic as Keck, but yeah. they may change other things. But um, like sometimes you'll see things with apostrophes in them that clearly weren't there, like Tushbanash mm. Kadapah or something like that. Yeah, they're trying to make it sound kind of Mongolian yeah, or something yeah, like something that. foreign. Yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, like a whole, like you'd imagine a horde, right? You'd expect something mm-hmm. like Ingus Kong type sounds, and you could. Definitely see that written with apostrophes and lots of consonants. And... Right. Kick. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure if any... I can't think of any other big gamer words. I mean... But I am also not a huge gamer. I have not... You know, and most of the gaming I did play was before it was, you know, multi-user chat type thing. Maybe the, the, the essence of the word turbo has changed a bit, but that could be... Not really now that I think about it, because they didn't used to have turbo on like computers, and they're thinking there's now there's turbo charging, and there's you know cars, mm-hmm. there's all types yeah, of things. Yeah. So maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I gave her some things, but I forget exactly what I told. Right, right. So fall TV, anything new and good? I'm not sure. I've heard too much to really worth checking out. Worth no, I, I mean I I looked at it all. And I was like, God, there's really nothing I want to watch. I heard the, I haven't watched it, but Jeffrey Tambor is doing Trends Best Night on Amazon or yeah, something like that. Yeah. I guess I heard it's supposed to be really good. It's supposed to be really good, but you're going to watch Fargo before I watch that. If yeah, it, oh, Fargo is good. I mentioned it last week. I'm still going through Falling Skies. I'm about done with, uh, I just finished the third season. I like it, but I do have problems with it, right? And one of them is that... The writers go to, what did I say, incredulity? Is that, is that, like, these people, like, are always doubting, like, this person's proved to be right again and again and again, right? And it's always the same old doubting, you know, very incredulous <laughs> about the whole thing. And, like, every, it's just, it, it's a certain theme, and it's like... At a certain point, you'd be like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> Let's just try it, you know? That reminds me of, of the script that I read from, from that a friend of mine wrote, and uh, the one that I told him was awful. Uh, at, at one point, he's he's contacted by people who he knows are angels, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, he's basically given, and he sees miraculous acts, and he's told that these are angels and gods up there, blah, blah, blah. And then a couple of pages later, he just says, well, I'm not, I'm not really that religious. It's kind of like, that train's kind of left the station. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean... If you've seen miracles... If you've uh, seen miracles, and you have things that are identifiably angels. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe it's time to sort of well, it's, it's like adapt. It's like anti-faith, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? It's like atheist who, you know, says, you know, it's all about the evidence. Then they see irreputable evidence yeah. and remain atheist. At least there should be some, you know, maybe I should start to be a little bit more religious. But no, it was just, it, it was because it was bad writing. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it was yeah. that... 
the writer had a character in mind. He didn't want to change that guy. That that character, in light of what has happened in the story, like in the first ten pages, is a bad story. <laughs> but um, I mean, he reads the he, he meets the angel on the second page. It's like, no, we got to introduce your character first. <laughs> anyway, the the whole idea of a story is changed. So if you don't mm-hmm. embrace that, then mm-hmm. you're not. You know, write anything. Right. I think it's a good show overall. It's just, oh, come on. Again, you're going to you know put up this, you know, we're going to spend five minutes with you arguing about this again. You know, or this other guy's going to argue about the same damn thing again. You know, other than that, I, I enjoy it. It's, you know, it's another apocalypse story. You know, aliens invading Earth and trying to take it over. And, uh, <laughs> you and your apocalypse. I like those. You, you would be a prepper if you... <laughs> no, because I don't... And it's not like I think it's going to happen. I don't think it's a good investment of resources to prep. Mm-hmm. I like... We've, talk, we've talked about this. I want a show that focuses on building the society after Armageddon or during Armageddon, right? Mm-hmm. And Falling Skies has a fair bit of that, so that's part of the reason I like it. And also, there's a lot of alien war battle stuff between them and humans, and that stuff's pretty fairly well done for a cable TV show. The special effects are decent. They're, uh, I mean, they're they're a lot better than, let's say, uh, I was in the room, you know, I was working on the, the brew box, my Arduino brewing controller, and I had to watch Grey's Anatomy last night, and there was a special effects where this helicopter was, like, wind was blowing it, and they're having a hard time landing. Oh, and it was like, it's been a long time since you've seen CG that bad. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that while they have a decent budget on a show like that, it's special effects for them are mostly, you know, take things out of a shot or, uh, you know. Yeah, but they hired some effects company to do the, do the CG helicopter, and it just looked like it was probably five, five or eight years ago. Yeah. And, you know, watching Fall of the Skies, which is, you know, four seasons old now, I mean, this, the special effects in there, there's a fair amount of practical effects. They might be, they might be um, costumes with CG enhancement, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, the effects are pretty good on the show. And uh, that's, that's part of what, you know, got, kept, kept me watching is like, wow, they're actually spending the, the effort to do the effects well. Still say you should watch Farscape over this Falling Skies crap. Okay. I'll put it on the list. <clears throat> Uh, Jeff kind of called me out on overzealously attacking Bitcoin. <laughs> he would not. He was being relentless on the fucking shit. Um, I mean, I I saw it. I I did point out because it was it was pretty. I mean, that's a neat site. It's a little trading dashboard on Bitcoin. You can zoom in and zoom out. It wasn't. And... It wasn't just the the site. It was if you take a look at the at the one day map, you zoom out, right. So this mm-hmm. is Bitcoin, you know, it's this is when they started tracking mm-hmm. it. This is the huge bump at the yeah, thousand. Right. And then this is where it is today. And that is your trend line. This was a year ago. That's... Now somebody said look tells me that, looks at that and says, This is a good investment. And I will say Well, that's that's where you're hung up. I've never argued that Bitcoin is a good investment. Never argued that. Mm -hmm. And I will fully acknowledge that, you know, the past year and probably for another year or more, it's only good ground for the speculators. 
I mean, you could probably short it and get make some money off of it, but that is a classic deflationary line. That he, is, I, I don't care about deflationary. I never. It's, it's very have, pretty. It's very pretty to look at to see something like that expressed right there. I mean, that's a thousand to four hundred. Yeah. That's that's the come down off the specu off the the gold rush speculation, mm-hmm. and new things are volatile. And we talked about the volatility way before you started beating a dead horse, mm-hmm. and. That's a year. I know. It's probably going to be another year or two before it becomes a a you know more stable commodity. So, but yeah, that, I I just yeah, the, the site is really cool. Besides, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I mean, man, this is a really cool site. This is a well done site. It's uh, got lots of features to it. This, yeah, I mean, this it, is a crypto. Watt.ch, CryptoWatt.ch. Yeah, it, it looks like something you'd imagine that a Wall Street high-frequency trader would have. Mm-hmm. You know, with a bunch of different metrics all showing different things. All right. Uh, okay, more stuff to talk about. I'm on my first work trip at the end of uh, October. Yeah, for two. Richmond. Oh, I'm going to be going to San Jose mid-October. Just a couple of days, it won't mess with the show or not. Or, yeah, hey, it's going to be in the middle yeah. of the week, and it's not going to mess with the show. But it's, it's just—it's it's my first work, even though it's not exactly super far away. It's mm-hmm. Richmond, Virginia. It's—it's it's still, you know, taking a plane and getting a per diem and all the mm-hmm. other stuff. So, yep. Yeah, I'm going to San Jose for a couple of days, set something up, and probably cool. try to try to hook up with some acquaintances out there that I haven't seen in a while. I don't know if the, I gotta look and see if there's anything cool in Richmond. Any? Sure, there's something. I'm not too familiar with Richmond area exactly. I won't have a. I mean, well, there will be a rental car. I don't know if I'll be able to, to have it. Take it, it and run with it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it'll just be it'll be me and three other people from the company. I'm sort of there as it's it's what what it is is a training thing, and I'm kind of there as training support. So if they're like it, you know they're going through training for it, it's it's mm-hmm. for two things. One, I'm a developer of of the project. It's good for me to get an idea of what how people are using mm-hmm. the product. But it's also oh we want that field required. All right, let's go and blah 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 mm-hmm. do that. So you know and you know or I can make a quick report for them or something if right. they need that. So I'm there to just sort of take it in and and be there in case they need something. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And then at the end, at the beginning of December, fly out to Houston for the big, uh, not Houston, to um, uh, Tucson for the big uh, get together. Neat. Yeah. Rockin' Tucson. Rockin' Tucson. That's there. I'm definitely going to try to find some <laughs> Arizona beers. I, uh, was head coach for the LA soccer game today. Went really so yeah. The, I was assistant. I've been assistant coach, right? And head coach was on vacation this week, so I ran practice on Tuesday. And the game uh, today. And uh, I don't know. It's it's really. How do you coach a bunch of six, seven year olds? That's where I'm going. It's uh, I'm stunned how much they've learned from practices and how much they're able to apply it in games. Um, all, you know, there's a few kids, probably one or two on our team that still need some direction on 
where to go, but they also need direction to, hey, pay attention, <laughs> you know, watch the ball. Uh, <clears throat> so they're they're not pro soccer players, but yeah, I mean, it's like so on Tuesday we were working like we did a lot of scrimmage, and every time the ball went out of play, I quizzed them, you know, what's the play, you know, white throw in, blue corner kick, you know, that kind of thing, and um, they applied it really well today. A lot better than the other team. I mean, it, it, that's that's the other thing. I keep waiting to for a Saturday. So this is Ali's fourth or fifth game this, in this season. And I keep waiting, like in previous seasons, where, you know, we do okay. And then there's a game where we just get destroyed, get completely annihilated. And then, you know, another game where we get beat up pretty handily. We might be the best team in the league. <laughs> we, this week was, this week we controlled the play. We only scored three goals, but they scored none. So it wasn't an annihilation, but we controlled almost all the play. Last week, it was shameful. Probably scored 20 goals. And <laughs> no they scored, mercy rule. They scored none. <laughs> and, like, we're talking, like, how do we... How do we, you know, kind of dial? But you, you can't, you can't rein the kids in. No, you're going to teach them bad habits. Yeah, you know. And we actually had that kind of. We had fallout from that. Like in an earlier game, we had had them, you know, stand back, let them get out of their own zone and stuff like that. And then, you know, the next game when we were playing a harder team, they were giving them too much room. You know, so I'm hesitant to. Yeah, they're not pull uh, them back. They're not experienced enough in really the social dynamic to understand when you... Well, yeah, you can pull them back, but it's hard to get them, get them to attack again. Right, They're yeah. going to learn the lax the lax way of playing. So I, we were hesitant to do anything, really. You know, we, we tried to weaken our lines by switching it up a little bit, you know, put some of our weaker players in you know, different places, but it didn't really matter against mm-hmm. the team last week. So, yeah, we might be, the like, the best team. We might go into, like, we, don't, we still don't keep official score. So I don't know exactly how many goals we scored last week type thing. But uh, we might go undefeated this season. We'll see. There still might be that team out there that just crushes us. But Mm -hmm. we've probably been through most of the teams so far. So you're the bad team in Bad News Bears. (laughs) (laughs) I guess, yeah. (laughs) What do you think about those bendy iPhones? Bendy iPhones. So I saw, did you see the latest story on Mac Rumors from Consumer Reports talking about how... It wasn't as bendy as people said it was? Yeah, yeah. But it's still bendy. I guess they are bendy. Well, the thing that bugs me about the story is this is people putting up the phone, this is the 6 Plus, in their back pocket and sitting on it. Who does that? Is that what? Is it a back pocket? Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. So I I, uh, went to Verizon store today, not planning on getting the phone. It looks like Verizon's on a back order for about a month for most of the phones now, mm-hmm. except for the really expensive one. Um, but I just wanted to... I, I figured I didn't want the 6 Plus, but I really wanted to look at it in real life before I decided, right? So I went to the Verizon store for a few minutes. I handled the 6 Plus. It's a giant fucking phone. <laughs> it's almost the size of an iPad mini. Um, the screen's beautiful. The screen is outstanding but I just don't want to carry that thing around as my phone you know it's just not how I do phone yeah. stuff yeah 
I, I and I generally wear cargo shorts. I got a pocket big enough for mm-hmm. it. I but I still don't want something that big. That's the thing. I, I was at the Apple Store because I wanted to get. Um, I was trying to hook up the Oculus Rift to this thing, mm-hmm. uh, so I wanted to get a HDMI port. Okay. For it, and I also have the old, you know, two old power adapters. So I need mm-hmm. to get sort of MagSafe thing. Yeah. The new. The little the, the, thing. the four to five. Yeah. And. Uh, so while, they, while I was there and I was waiting for them to get the stuff from the back room, I played around with it. And like the 6 felt perfect. It was a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. nice screen. And, and the 6 Plus was like, okay, this is too big. <laughs> I did just, you could feel yeah. it. Like, yeah. it's a, I, I had the feeling that if I didn't have the MacBook Air and I wasn't planning to get a laptop, mm-hmm. then I might have been more into the idea because it's – it's a little bit closer to sort of an iPad Air without being one. Mm-hmm. But now I'm figuring, you know, if I want to have that thing, I could just get an iPad Air for basically the same price. And yeah, there was no. Yeah, I hear you. There was I, no compulsion on me. And I'm, I still I'm want on, to get the six. I I'm still on a four S, right? So I'm going to get a big screen upgrade anyway. Going yeah. to the six, you know, where if you're going from a five or five S, it's not. It's still bigger, but not much bigger. Right, I think it's a little bit. It's, it's a little size. bigger. It's a little bigger. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna order the six. Probably gonna wait a little bit, so I, you know, don't have to spend the money and then wait a month before it shows up. Type thing. Oh yeah, I'm gonna wait till it's something I can get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I probably won't buy it until the middle of uh, next month. By that time, it should be relatively easy. Because I plan on getting a. I still think they're motherfuckers for not making a 32 gigabyte version. I probably will get 128. Really? Yeah, why not? I'm probably gonna get the 64 just because I. I'm not, I mean, I'm living with 16 today. Mm-hmm. I just would be worried about living with 16. I'm maxing out my 32 oh, really? or sorry, 64 rather. Really? Is it 64? Yeah, I have a 64, and I'm maxing it out. Yeah. Shameful. I know. Well, I put all those videos and stuff on it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's like yeah, I might as well go for the bigger one. Right. Yeah, I'd get I'd, I'd get a 32 instantly if it was an option. And I know they wanted to keep the entry level price down, and that's probably the main reason they went with 16. But they probably were a little bit nefarious about it and saying, if you know if we make a 16, it might force a certain percentage of people to get the 64. You know, like me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where up, you know, if they would have made the phone with 32, what they would have added five bucks to the cost of the phone. Less probably five bucks in parts. Yeah, they could have ate that, um, but yeah, they gotta keep the margins up. So that's a that's a bummer. So I'll probably end up buying the sixty four, paying a hundred bucks more for it. I watched a video review of the Kent Ham Bill Nye debate. Wait, which one's this? The Kent Ham Bill Nye creationism debate. Is Kent Ham the Creationism Museum guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I saw some of that. Is it new or is it, is it it's, it's, six it's months pretty, old yeah, or something? It, like at least, yeah. Um, but this guy who was doing the review had an amazing, amazing argument that just destroyed Ken Ham's, one of his things. I mean, all, all those arguments were terrible, right? But one of, he, he, Ken Ham is trying to say that radiometric dating is not reliable. And, of course, I think they'd jump on his carbon dating. Well, carbon dating only works for things, you know, 40,000 years, and so doesn't do anything beyond that. 
most of them is like plutonium and argon dating. That's the stuff that's, that's big. One of Ken Ham's and one of the sort of new creationist modes of trying to attack it is saying, well, you don't know that if decay rates weren't different in the past than they are now. So I said, okay, let's take, let's just take the amount of uranium, just uranium, not any other, not any other uh, element, just uranium, and just take the amount of uranium that is in the Earth's crust today. And let's say that we would have over the course of time the same amount of uranium decay that we see in rocks. And let's compress that time because we say it's been four and a half billion years. You say it's been 10,000 years or less. He says 6,000. He said, okay, we'll make it 10,000 just for fun. So we assume that at some point until we decided to stop measuring, the decay rates were at least constant at super high levels or, uh, or something like that. Let's say that they were constant, because if, if if they weren't, it's, it's an even worse problem. But okay, let's just say they were constant until we started to measure, and then they turned into what we are we have now. If you assume that, and, and I'm saying just take not the uranium that was in the Earth based on what we knew, but just take the uranium that is in the Earth now, and say it it decays to level what we see now, then for every square mile of Earth. This includes not just land, but ocean. It would have to be radiating as much energy as 8.5 Fukushima disasters per second for 10,000 years. That, it doesn't get into just radiation damage at that point. At that point, it's so much heat that the Earth is a fireball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you say, well, maybe it was just one instant, maybe it all decayed super fast, and then not, and then it turned into well, then the Earth would never have cooled down from that because it would have been so hot. So it's an absolutely absurd idea. It was absurd in every possible mm-hmm. way. I, I love that when it was like, okay, this is the math. Boom, boom, boom. This is what you get. Well, you know, heat dissipation was different back then too, <laughs> right? And the effects of radiation on on animals was different. Um, you know, God created all these creatures with, you know, radiation suits, you know. Mm. Why don't we see evidence of that? He took them back. After oh. they didn't need them anymore. That crafty God. Always figuring out ways to fool us. Mm. Creationists. But I, I, I love the whole idea of just... <laughs> Saying, look, okay, this this is this is the consequence of what you say had to happen. Right, right. <laughs> you agree that. You yeah. agree that. You agree that. You agree that. If so, <laughs> ta da! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. I think we should drink some beer. All right. <laughs>